And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian and Casey. You can follow me on Twitter. That is at KCSGE. You can follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFPod. Follow us on Instagram. That is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt on the gram. Uh, give us a give us an email uh, every now and then. We'll read them out. Uh, especially if you have some criticism for us. If we're doing something that you don't think, if we got our stats wrong, you c- come and correct us. Please. Hey Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. Of course, you can find us on all your podcast platforms from soundcloud to spotify to apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast we can be found there share us with your fellow Eintracht friends and give us a like and review five stars please of course if you want to give us four and then tell us off for not being good enough we'll take that as well and of course you can follow us on facebook that is facebook.com slash hef pod we drop all the latest news and information on eintracht frankfurt in the english language all in one convenient location from articles to uh, match reports to uh player links so here there everywhere you can follow us on so many different platforms and the guy who runs our instagram page is actually on tonight that is matt in new york how is the Big Apple post Super Bowl? I think you got to start adding to people that they should start listening to our podcast, even if it's just white noise when they have to go to sleep or something like that, because that generates more hours of listening for us. So you know, if if you guys need to start doing that, you guys need to you know need some help sleeping. You know, there may be some screaming, some you know whatever there is involved in it. But if that helps you sleep, definitely do it. Definitely do it. Helps us. It helps you. Win win situation. But um, exactly. it's apple sour, man. The apple is definitely sour over here. It's, I mean, it's just sour. Well, I, don't know how, I don't know where you want to start. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Um, when it does come to making Ebovoy, uh, you need as many apples as you can. And say, hey, sometimes you got a good batch of apples. Sometimes you don't have a good batch of apples. Um, it, it Look, it is what it is. The Eintracht... Uh, went into this match uh, in their second straight match against an auto club. Um, yes, I am throwing Stuttgart into that same mix as an auto club, considering the fact that, you know, you have Porsche and Mercedes uh, with shares in the Stuttgart and the stadiums named for them as well. I mean, kind of says it all right there. Just Relegation money, folks. baby. Relegation yeah. money. But that may be uh, us too, the way yeah. it looks. Well, um, exaggeration. It looks like the Wolfsburg with their 2 0 victory. Look, their money has brought them plenty of success. It got them to the Champions League. It got them absolutely no progression to the knockout phase of the Champions League or Europa League. But that did not stop them from winning their second match uh, since the since returning back from the international break. They beat Greuther Firth handily, and then they took on the Eintracht. Got a penalty in the 27th minute. Max Cruiser put it away in the 28th. Dubious. And then, let's be real. Uh, and I made a reference off air before uh, we put uh, this podcast on record that the goal in, what, the 92nd minute by Luca Bacchio, uh, the reason why they were able to pump that one on to the scoreboard is entirely based on 
if you are in ice hockey and you're down one goal and it's late in the game, you're pulling your goalie, you're pushing everyone forward to try and get an equalizer. And, hey, we've had a lot of late goals this season. Eventually, you're just going to get counterattacked and it's going to bite you right in the ass. And that's why the Eintracht lost two nil. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely, I definitely agree with you on that. You know, I mean, I don't think the second goal is, you know, put like was really the cherry on top for Wolfsburg for beating us. I think the second goal just kind of gave, put the dagger in our heart even more, just to be like, hey, not only are we going to lose this game on nothing, but we re- are really struggling defensively and as a team right now, um, overall, you know, that was just like a terror. I mean, a terrible communication between Hinty and Kevin Trapp, you know, even though Hinty wasn't having that terrible of a day, people need to stop giving shit for a uh, shit for him for like that penalty thing. Because in my book, that is not a penalty. Even by VAR, that tackle is outside the box. There are players that fly inside yep. the box from out that from inside the box and they don't get called a penalty for that. There's no way that that is a penalty i mean i mean if we're gonna get right into it i mean from the start to finish i mean the both teams played like terrible terrible amateurs like it looked like they just had a like a training day the day before with a bunch of amateurs and said hey pick a number pick a position and here's a ball put it in the box and across from the field each other it if was i not had to give uh, positive remarks to anyone on either side on either team I would actually say it was the defenders for Wolfsburg that actually were the better players on the pitch. So your John Anthony Brooks for U.S. Uh, M&T fans, uh, the Bornau, who's kind of new acquire, and the Lacroix, they went with a kind of back three, uh, which is, I mean, I don't understand why they hired that their coach Florian Kofeld, but they have him and. I can't believe Max Kruse like it's, plays look, soccer. Like this, yeah. like dude, he doesn't even look like he can run that much. So why he's such a great soccer player? The new, he's the one new two touches. man just has got a sixth sense. It's kind of like was. I mean, I loved Alex Meyer, but at the end, the guy had no legs, and, but oh. he knew where to be at the right moment, at the right time, at the right place, and magic just happened. This time, Cruza happened to uh, be in the right place at the right time to get walloped. <laughs> okay. I mean, the, 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 the foul was genuine. The foul was properly genuine, but the location of the foul is like, hey, he's exiting the box when he gets whacked. Um, yeah. I his mean, momentum clumsy. is taking him outside of the box. If you want to say that he is, he is on the line, I would actually beg to differ that he, where the point of contact was. Uh, between the two physical bodies was outside of the box itself. And if you want to, that's kind of like saying, hey, hey, if his toe is over the other line, then technically uh, he's offsides. I think that kind of nonsense is just that nonsense. I mean, um, the, the referee wasn't having a great game overall, oof. you know? So that, that didn't really help our case. You mean case Colin with Jost? That. Jesus Christ. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Oh my God! No, look this Will this Willenborg who was the Frank Willenborg who was the uh, referee. Anyone who's got a second who has just listened to me just hilariously laugh, look at this guy. Google search his face, and I swear to God, if you look at him, that is Colin Jost from Saturday Night Live. Just saying, <laughs> and if anyone's like, who the hell is he? It's like, um. 
Saturday Night Live weekend update. There's a white guy and a black guy. Take a wild guess at who the guy is. You know what? I did not know who that was, Brian, but thank you so much for making sense to me because this referee was as much of a clown as Colin Jost is. At least makes the same type of jokes because this man should have not been on the pitch. That was unbelievable the amount of calls he makes, he made for Wolfsburg. Like, there was one point I literally was screaming at the TV in the second half where he gave us a foul for uh, where Gibril So got tackled and I literally was like, thank you. Like, I felt like we scored a damn goal. Like, the referee knows that we're on the field finally. Like, he was mad at the man of the match for Wolfsburg through in and throughout. Like, it was absolutely absurd, the refereeing he was doing. I know, exactly. And, Matt, come on. I mean, I mean, you're, I know you're on Manhattan Island, and Manhattan Island, people are stacked on, stacked on, stacked on top of each other, but you're not that far away from the NBC studios. You can see Colin just for yourself. I guess so. I'll probably I'll let him I'll let him know what a kind of a shit game he ref for us on Saturday. But I mean, <laughs> could you and probably be able to add, look if he's able to add a little joke live on SNL, then that works enough for me. Uh, okay, I guess I'm kind of derailing the podcast right now, so I'll get uh, steer things right back onto it. Um, until that moment, I actually thought that the Eintracht had put in a good ten fifth. Minutes of solid pressure, but once again, it is you know, we're trying to get out of the blocks, uh, in a sprint, and you're that guy who you, you know that you are run you're running the 400 meters, for example, and you know, for you're the fastest guy out of the block, but the thing is, you're not going to be able to su- sustain Kenyan talk, uh, you're not going to be able to sustain that sort of pressure throughout the entire 90 minutes. And you're just hoping that you nick a goal so that you can take a breather and then kind of reset and go from there. And it's just once again that you're like, okay, come on, guys. We are not, you know, Pep Guardiola's Barcelona who can press, press, press throughout the full 90 minutes. That's why those guys are going to be revered for, you know, decades and decades to come. It's because they were able to do that. We are not that. We will never be that. Uh, I, I mean, uh, not, I, I not to I burst our bubble, but it I mean, just it it seemed amateurish. I want to definitely agree with you in that aspect of it, but they're also professional athletes. They're professional soccer players. They should be able to be running that. I mean, but why Barcelona can do that, all the high press and stuff like that, is because they have the ball 60% of the time. They're not running the other 60%. They're just playing tiki-taka within the final third of the box. That's where we struggle, and that's where we kind of get gassed a little bit. But I don't think us getting gassed is so much of an issue. I mean, I thought the, our best player on the field yesterday or uh, on Saturday was Christoph Lentz. I mean, he made so many attacking runs. He looked like a not mm-hmm. a more dangerous custody, but at least he was getting inside the mixer of the box. Like there was a he couple few times. Balls. Say that again. He played with balls. Yeah, he literally played with balls. He literally went. He literally brought it right to uh, Wolfsburg. He didn't. He didn't do as many crosses because he knew he wasn't going to be quick enough for it. So he made the uh, the proactive run to go right into the box and you know at least be somewhere in the mixer there. Um, I also. I also want to also state, I think Glasner is becoming a really, really shitty sub, like a, a substitute coach. Like this subs he was kind of making weren't really making sense. Like let's start off with, um, you know, um, Philip Kostic for Christoph Lentz. 
I just mentioned Christopher Fletz having a great, great um, game. Where the hell was Kamada on the on the game at all? I didn't see him touch the ball. I saw him on the floor most of the time throughout the whole game. Not to dispossessed bash, very not, quickly. Yeah, not to bash you on Kamada Island like we always do, Brian. <laughs> but like that was horrendous. That was just another perfect example of the inconsistency of Kamada right there. Mm-hmm. And then we 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 follow off with Paciencia for Bore. I mean. Do I think it's a little too early in the 70th minute? Yes, because, you know, Bore can have those chances here and throughout. Pacienza is an 80-plus minute sub. He's not a 70-plus minute, uh, minute sub. Can he play the 20 minutes? Yes. I think he's more dangerous with 10 minutes left on the clock. Um, and then Ansgar Knell for Danny DaCosta. I mean, Danny had a... He had a couple of rough touches that really put us in the shit shitter. I mean, I mean, I love the guy, but that wasn't really the best thing. But again, our whole defense didn't play good whatsoever. He looked rusty as hell. Oh, he, yeah, I mean, that comes to up To me, that. he was one. I would actually put it down to the fact that he interacted with the ball, like, what, five times more than Kamada? And at least Kamada got dispossessed so fast that you were just like, well, wow, you suck. But then again, you barely are seeing the ball on DaCosta. Like, he had one or two moments, but there was so much rust so much I mean, rust on that. So guy. much rust. Was, oh yeah. You honestly, the moment like not long after we put on Knauf, I was like, "Oh, that's why we signed you." Because right. suddenly I was like, "Kids got some balls, not like Lens size, but the kids showed some guts, showed some guile." And all I could think in my head was, "For fuck's sake, we have, you know, there to add the expletive tag if we didn't really need to already." I mean. We love Timmy Chandler, but Knauf has got an entire decade of uh, younger. He's an entire decade younger than uh, Chandler. And not going to lie, the way that Costa was playing, you would have thought that he was, you know, Knauf's uh, father. Yeah. Right. Like, so slow. I mean, Paciencia, you're right. I think utilizing him at the very, that moment in time, uh, wrong time of it. I still think that. Uh, there can be a way to utilize Lentz and Kostic in the same 11. It's just a matter of us actually doing it. Because no, that de- would relieve so much more stress for Kostic so he doesn't have to track back as much if Lentz was exactly. back there because there's trust. It doesn't gas him nearly as often. And look, I think that uh, we need to bring Hauga on gradually. But, I mean... Hustic or Hauge going on in the 46th minute. I did not think that that would be a bad idea for Hauge to have been on or Hustic. Uh, the man I think who scored they, two goals. Like, I don't understand that. <laughs> and, 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 like, dude, adding, uh, like, subbing him in the 85th minute is just a huge, like, what the fuck right there. You know, like, that literally pissed me off. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, getting Yakic subbed out, yeah, because he kind of ran around like a headless chicken for the whole game. He didn't really, he didn't feel comfortable whatsoever. Felt like So was stuck in the middle all by himself. But like, I mean, if we literally made the sub with um, Paciencia, like the, I'm um, sorry, with Hustic and Kamada, um, that you know, that whole that whole substitution, the 70th minute, and then we did the Paciencia and Anska Knauf in the 85th minute. I think would have had we would have had a one-one result. And like, even if we won two-one, like, all right, great. Like, at least we made some sort of adjustment there that made that helped us positively on the offensive side. I'm not too worried about our defensive side because we're already terrible back there. Because we <laughs> clearly, clearly making the investments in the in January transfer window is looking way, way, way better for us next year. You know, so because. 
wow, are we terribly on the defensive end. And, I mean, I feel bad for Kevin Trapp at the same time because Hansi Flink was at the game. You know, he's looking for a number one keeper right now because Neuer's injured. And, Ter you know, Stegen, he, God he only almost, knows what the hell that is. Well, yeah, I don't know. Ter Stegen's always a wild card as well, um, even though he is a baller. But... <laughs> if I mean Kevin, if Kevin Trap, Kevin Trap almost had that penalty by, by Max Kuzma, you know, and then she, should he have had that set, that um, that near post on the second goal? Yes, is it an unexpected shot? Yes. So I mean, it's rough. It's really he really was on rough. An island, proper island, and he got caught a little flat-footed. Oh, ag- agree, because he was indecisive on what to do with Hinty's header, and like Hinty didn't really have that bad of a game. People need to really stop on like shitting on him on the on the defensive side of things, because I mean he was probably the strongest defender on us, if anything. And Dika looked like crap. I honestly thought because there's a couple times mm-hmm. where he was very indecisive in the back. So I don't know. I mean, overall, it was just Chuta everyone played visible. like shit. Chuta uh, was yeah. visible. Add Look, him to the list with Lindstrom and Kamada. And just say, damn it, we looked like shit. But I, Glasner's got to look at the way that he utilized his sub, his substitutions. Look, if you're going to stick with this uh, kind of all just weird 3-4-3 uh, three, three sort of Ish formation with Bora kind of being in the furthest up of the three or 3-4-2-1 uh, sort of formation, you got to realize that to be able to do that, you need to make sure that Yakik isn't running around like trying to be Superman. You got to install into him. It's like, dude, chill out, clean up shop. Then you move. If you're going to play, you know, through the middle, you got so not too far away. You got, you know, a Lince or Costage to the left. You got X number of guys to the right. And then you can move from there. Like, Yaki just was all over the place. He well deserved his yellow card. I'm surprised. Like, he didn't I'm get really, off. really surprised <laughs> that it took that long for him to get carded. Because I kept on thinking, man, you're all over the place. You're trying to. You're trying to be uh, well. He got a yellow card for bitching at the chest. ref because because mm-hmm. that was a hand because uh, he thought it was um the like it was an app there was a ball the, the ball yeah, came in play where it hit his hand. hand. There were yeah there were a couple of those that I was like guys relax just back off just play we got it you want to be passionate but the ref was so frustrated I think that's what killed us too we can't let that get into mm-hmm. our heads and I and I noticed that too in the game because it was getting to my head too and I was like holy crap like. We need to get our composure. If I'm getting so worked up about this, I hope the players aren't. But it seemed like they did. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, not yeah, saying it that. turns out they were. Yeah, exactly, were. exactly. But like, I see, I can see why Jakic was pushed up so much because the three four three, the three four three um, formation leaves a huge gap in the middle between the striker and like the midfield, especially when we have two more defensive players, um, more defensive minded players. Because God knows Kamada's not sipping into the midfield because he doesn't know what he's doing. You know, I mean, I'm, I've been preaching this since day one of, I don't know, I feel like since I've been on the podcast here. I don't know why Husic doesn't play in Kamada's position because Husic is such a centralized player. He's so quick. I don't. I still don't understand why we're not starting him over Kamada on certain situations. And, you know, it's going to bite us in the ass. Hopefully something next year can happen on it. But I also fear he's going to be, you know, sold by the summer because, you know, we're probably he wants more playing time. Well, but I don't know, I'm man. We're struggling. To, to your thought process, Kamada is the higher ticket item. Sell him. Correct. 
throw Hustich at there. Now, I see why Glasner keeps on putting him in there, because I've seen Hustich and I've seen Kamada from a header. There's one player who's way better than the other on it. You can figure that one out for yourself. But then again, look, Hustich just showed himself again uh, the previous week for why he's so good from long range. Hey, the guy can just make it free kicks as well. That seems like an an option that we're totally missing out on. But but it's not just that. It's also the comfort that being comfortable on the ball like this. Sometimes Kamada, where he he's being more reactive on the ball, like when he when he gets mm-hmm. a pass to him, like he has always such a shit touch where he ends up having to react to like if a defender comes into him and it either comes to a mag or a lucky little like bounce off where it hits the defender in the shin, hits him back in the shin, it's back in his position uh, possession. Like I feel like Kamada is so frantic on the ball, but Husic is just like always turning, always head on a swivel, mm-hmm. always looking for a pass out wide, and then after the pass out wide, he makes those darting runs into the like you know into like space for like to be another option and i feel like kamada is just kind of like holy crap i have the ball like what do i do oh my god now this defender's coming let's see what happens okay i have the ball now now should i pass it all right i've been pass it oh crap what a terrible pass let me try and get the ball back crap i fouled yellow card like that's kamada's that's kamada's like brain i feel like sometimes so my thought on kamada is would you say that with andre silva he had a relationship. He had a connection there that allowed for him to make stuff happen that presently with the current attackers that you have surround, uh, surrounding him that he no longer has that sort of kind of vibe, that connection with the, the guys he's, you know, typically surrounded by in the starting 11 that, you know what, the Kamada magic is going to be much fewer in farther between than it was, you know, when you had him connecting with Silva and think of how many assists Kamada was picking up uh, from, you know, just a little playoff with Silva. I mean, Oh, I, I definitely agree with I, I definitely agree with you because Silva is such a crucial partner thing right now. I mean, I'd, I'd argue he's has to do more now because, you know, what's his name? Kamada or because Silva's not in the game anymore. I'm pretty sure Kamada's already equaled his goal tally uh, already this year compared to last year. Um, I'm not too sure on the assist count. Um, I don't know if you can look that up quickly because I'm seeing five and five here. But I, 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 I think I think no. I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you here because I almost feel like with Silva out, he has to, you know, show more and stuff like that, like add more value to the team and it almost seems like there's a little bit of pressure now with, you know, his frantic style of soccer. Was he more comfortable okay. on the ball last oh year? Gosh. I Was he more comfortable? Perfect yes. connection. I have the perfect connection to make. Um, Kamada, uh, Daichi Kamada is like our Mesut Ozil. A luxury player that when used correctly, he's brilliant. When not, he is a waste of space. <laughs> Agreed. I can definitely agree with you on that. I God, can tell you a lot of Germans con- agree with you on that. How did I not that. make that connection until now? <sighs> because his skills don't compare at all to Mesut Ozil whatsoever, but I the mean, charisma, no, for sure. That, that's the best comparison I got. And if you can come up with a better one, let me know. <laughs> I mean, in terms of playing <laughs> style, I think Klusic is way more like Ozil just because they're both mm. lefties, and that's about it. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, we've had a little bit too much fun poking holes at the uh, our fellow beloved Eagles who just the week beforehand 
came away with the three points. And now I'm of the I'm of the thought process that we need to consider uh, moving to something that we probably need to get to before. Well, wait, wait, wait. I just oh. want to add something quickly mm. too before about um, not specifically game, but the whole Bundesliga. Did we get lucky about like some results that could could go our way still for the future? Because we're still only three points away from fourth place. Like Bayern losing four two, that's an absolute crazy crazy stat. Freiburg and Mainz tying is probably best case scenario for us. Um, who else mm-hmm. kind of shit the bed for us? I think. Oh yeah. Oh, no, oh it was a, it was a lot of teams. Let's go through it all. Like you know, an Augsburg and Gladbach, which actually was quite entertaining uh, when I watched went back to watch the highlights. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that went our way. So you had a Freiburg and a Mainz getting that one-one draw. You know, Mainz they only like they leapt above us, but that's only because of goal difference. You know, Leipzig uh, on Friday uh, just put a Beat down on Cone, uh, who is our next opponent. Uh, we'll be getting into that in a wee bit. Um, I mean, you just had, uh, like, made sure that we did not get superseded by anybody. And there's a three-point gap between ourselves and the the team that's next below us, which is uh, Bochum, the team that defeated uh, Bayern. If anyone did not watch the highlights on that, it's a... You have to. That was a lot more. Oh, my God. Uh, Look, okay, so I was watching it in the beer hall in Kansas City Beer Company, and not going to lie, I was outnumbered uh, like 10 to 1, and there was another Frankfurt fan there, so you can do the math with that one. (laughs) Bayern fans were there to watch Bochum. uh, That must have been amazing. And yet it was Bochum doing the ass kicking. That was that was a lot of fun to watch, that uh, which amazing. definitely lifted my spirits as opposed to making me depressed as hell. Yeah, I know. I wish you should have taken a video of it. We would have posted a, a posted a <laughs> video. We would have kept it. Oh gosh, some. I mean, some of the goals that were scored there. I was just like, "Whoa, this is a world class shit that I'm seeing here." And it's hey, it's a sign that you know what. We have a good record against Bayern, but it, we shouldn't be the only people who have a good record against Bayern. Historically speaking, Bochum in Bochum does have a good record against Bayern, but you know they were against nearly anyone. We were not expecting anything to happen from that, and yet it did. I mean, I mean, four one at half—that's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, that's it unbelievable. was it was phenomenal stuff. It was phenomenal stuff. And you know we had some weird results that occurred throughout the throughout the week. I mean, Kreuter first won again against Hertha. I, I mean, I uh, I keep crazy. on scratching my head and wondering. I'm like, okay, Stuttgart, are you gonna pick up some points? Well, they didn't this weekend against Leverkusen. That was a four-two win for uh, the pharmacists. But you know, I kind of keep on looking down below us. I'm like, you know what? As much as some people wanted to say, oh, we played like shit. Oh, we need to worry about ourselves. I'm like, no, we don't. Uh, in terms of for far down below us, those teams are picking each, each other off when they play against each other. So it's only a matter of time before we have some. Uh, I uh, mean, we're so. We, yeah, we're so champion, Champions League consideration here. I mean, we're only three points away mm. from fourth, which is unbelievable. I, I mean, I'm not saying we are contending for it whatsoever because we play like 
butt right now, but mathematically speaking, we're still right there. It's just mm-hmm. a matter, you know, we still have to play Bayern, we still have to play Dortmund, we still have to play Leverkusen, we still have to play Leipzig, we still have to play Hoffenheim, we still have to play Berlin, so and we still have to play Mainz at the end of the season, and we know how that goes. So, oh yeah, and we, to exactly. be fair, to be fair, the only reason why Champions League is still within our grasp, let's be real, let's be totally honest with each other, is because. Leipzig got off to a shit start under Jesse Marsh, the American coach. I, was, I had a lot of hopes for him be, just being American. But, yeah, that ended up going all too well. And that's why we sit three. I mean, look, the, there are freaking four teams stuck on 34 points right now. That yeah. goes from fourth to seventh place. <laughs> Goal difference is what separates a Champions League place team from a team that is hoping that uh, the Pokal is won by Leipzig. Yep. Which That's sounds horrible. God, that sounds horrible. But if you really think about it, you have to say to yourself, you're like, dear God, if anyone, if there was one time, you know, if you're aiming to try and finish within Europe and you're on the outside looking in right now, it's really shitty as a fan to say, fuck. I need Leipzig to fucking win. Yeah. Or, I mean, in this in this position, because Freiburg is in six, you need Freiburg to win the Pokal. Otherwise, you're looking at, or I guess you could throw it to Union, who's currently in seventh. But, I mean, they're on the they're another team on the outside looking in, and the other teams are Karlsruhe, Hamburg, Hanover, Bochum, and St. Pauli. I mean, we love how open it is, but you also got to realize that the team that does go through, you're just hoping that they don't just shit their pants. Because the last time that Freiburg was in the Europa League, that got uh, the last two times, uh, they got not, uh, they didn't make through in their group phase in the Europa League. And the most recent time, I think they finished in like seventh or sixth or something like that. And they, uh, they were in the qualifiers and they lost to someone from like Slovenia or something like that. So you got to hope if you're, if you're just the Bundesliga in general, because uh, I kind of getting a little ranty here um, as the uh, Europa league uh, knockout round, uh, which uh, gets started uh, this week, you know, with uh, Leipzig facing off against uh, Real Sociedad of Spain and uh, Dortmund facing off against Glasgow Rangers from Scotland you're just like, uh, please, guys, don't don't screw this up. Don't make us the league look like chumps because there's some people who just love in the English language media of the soccer realm uh, to just make fun of our league. And I hate when that happens. And you want a team that goes into the Europa League to give a damn about it. Kind of like how we the, when we won the Pokal, we went all the way to the semifinals. There, it had been over a decade since a German team had done that. And we were just one PK shot away from making it to the final for the first time in the era of this competition being rebranded as the Europa League. That's how long it had been since a German club had had success within this competition. You want those teams to have success in this competition. And it and shouldn't even have been a penalty shootout. We should have won that game flat out square. God. But yeah, I'm, but I'm glad you, but I'm glad you mentioned this. And I do have a very, very dirty secret to share with you, Brian. Um, How dirty are we talking here? Cause you know, like, I mean, I will be the judge of this. It's pretty disgusting. And I want to reference, I did make this 
I did do this thing when I was very, very drunk after Saturday's game. So it could have been a very, very heavily alcohol influenced here. But I bet Bayern to win the Champions League. And I'm not proud of it on the future. If you well, want to dump me now, you can dump me now. Decent, it's still a decent money round. Like, if you just want to make some money, then... I know, but that's like a Man U player betting on Manchester City. Or like us betting on Offenbach to win something, you know? <laughs> that's how I feel about it. But um, yeah, you know, well, I just had to share you know, that. You, you thought with your wallet, not with your heart. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and like, here's the thing. If, if, if they win it, it, it is what it is. And this is the most we'll ever talk about these goddamn scumbags. But um, be very bittersweet. But yeah, I feel I feel disgusting. I feel gross. I showered like seven times on Sunday because I did it. So <laughs> I apologize. Not because you puked on yourself. Oh no, no! I, I that was the first after I showered the first time, and then I woke up and I realized what I did, and then I had to shower. You know those other six times. So <laughs> I was more disgusted by that. I wish I puked myself on myself more. Oh, Lordy. Um, speaking of drinking, uh, that makes people get sick. Uh, it's time for hashtag what are we drinking? I think a nice lead in for that. What do you got for us, bud? I'm just drinking here. Good old Sam Seasonal. Got the cold snap going on again. Kind of binging it because obviously it's a seasonal. It's actually starting to become one of my favorite seasonals, but love, love me good, good old Sam's because, you know, he's your cousin from Boston. <laughs> All right, I'm going a little bit heavier on the uh, drink tonight. It is a straight bourbon whiskey from Kansas City, uh, the Jay Rieger Company. It is the Kansas City Club. Uh, this is it. This is um, the Kansas City Club was a former uh, gentleman's kind of club that was in the downtown area of Kansas City. It's now been repurposed as a new boutique hotel, and they have made this one uh, just for them and. It's a wonderful 90 proof that uh, will go down well with any whiskey drinker. That being said, uh, we're going to break it, uh, take a break right here, and we're going to be with segment one, be back with segment two, and kick it off with the positive thing of the weekend, Eintracht Frauen. So, ladies. And we are back, segment two of Hey, I'm Jake Frankfurt. I said we get a little positive, so let's get a little positive. Uh, Cone was the opposition. So Losers. we went to Cologne. We hoped that we would get a victory, and we uh, gave out the call at first. And all I, when I saw that uh, go down in the Twitter sphere, I was like, son of a bitch. I don't think I can handle much more of this. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, Christ, uh, I hope the Rams and Eintracht don't do this to me on the Sunday. And thank God that did not happen on the Sunday. Instead, it was Eintracht finding two goals in the first half uh, from Enyomi and Prasnakar. Prasnakar, God dang, that girl is a monster. She's and, on fire. Uh, yeah, the Eintracht come away with a lovely 
2-1 victory away in Cologne. Isn't it crazy that it always seems like that when they score a goal, they can they scored in quick successions? I feel like they've done mm-hmm. the last like four or five games where they've at least scored, you know, two goals within five minutes, you know? I mean, look, man, you're not wrong at all. <laughs> this is a real tricky time for the Eintracht. Uh, the loss last weekend, painful as it was. Look, this is exactly what you needed to have occur. Considering the fact that you're going on an international break with all the ladies going here, there, and everywhere, because you got the uh, world, you got World Cup qualifiers. I mean, they're all, but I mean, in my opinion, I think that they're pretty lock solid right now at this moment in time. At least when it comes to um, the uh, European places for uh, the Women's World Cup in 2023. In case anyone has an idea of what I'm talking about. Um, that is going to be in uh, uh, co-hosted, actually, by Australia and New Zealand. And I'm looking forward to seeing what s- sort of action uh, our ladies can get up to. Because, obviously, um, we see them, we see the results, we see their highlights. These ladies, this is a team that is on the rise uh, within the Frauen Bundesliga sphere and just needs an opportunity to show themselves against uh, that upper crust sort of uh, opposition. Look, uh, when Hoffenheim uh, qualified for uh, the uh, for the w- uh, Women's Champions League as the third place team, which is kind of what I have always laid down as this is what we need to really try and go at it to try and prove to uh, the world that the Eintracht is ready for it. Look, they only they the Hoffenheim. Uh, from the six matches played in the group stage, only lost out to Arsenal, uh, London ladies uh, by goal difference in their six group stage matches. So they were really flipping close to having three German clubs into the uh, uh, the quarterfinal stage of the Women's Champions League. And that just kind of gives me the mindset that, look, we've shown ourselves to be just as good, if not better than Hoffenheim at most parts of the season. And just imagining uh, the kind of progress that the ladies would have then and taking that on a six-match basis within the group stage, I have full confidence that the Eintracht ladies would be in a shout for a second, if not a first-place finish, as long as they're not drawn the same group as like a right or something like that. but i mean <laughs> that would be crazy really, yeah but, totally crazy but i mean i'm not crazy for thinking that the eintracht ladies they're on the cusp of making something absolutely special and it's just that uh, i, oh, I no, know they're, how close they are they're building to, a powerhouse for sure i mean you're, you're definitely seeing it now especially with all the signings we did over the january like we got a couple big name players joining our squad now especially a couple veterans so i mean and resigning the brand, the, br- the brand is growing the squad. and it's crazy and it's um it's crazy how much more stability there is in the in the in the flower program than there are in the men program you'd figure they'd share like <laughs> you know the business model and stuff like that and what to do and what type of players to you know recruit for and what and whatnot obviously on the male side it's on a bigger scale whatnot uh, just because of uh popularity and whatnot but i mean it's unbelievable how like they're they're killing it i mean this the game against hoffenheim next month in march is gonna be huge 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 for them because if they end up winning that you know not only do they get um get to be in third place for a while uh, for a while in the league because hoffenheim plays uh byron afterwards but 
these, these Frauen are literally making a huge footprint into the, you know, not only in the Frauen Bundesliga, but also, you know, and, you know, the European side of things and the, um, you know, Frauen Champions League and the Women's Europa League. Exactly. And this, th so far as we've seen, this is a really, really strong Frauen Bundesliga, like from top to bottom. Like you have, I would say, five teams within, yeah, five teams within the Frauen Bundesliga who could be going out into the UEFA Women's Champions League. And you know what? You're aiming for second or first. Uh, every, every single one of those five teams uh, are aiming for first or second in the group phase. And you then have a lot of, I would say you've got a good couple of really decent level Frauen programs. And then you got, I mean, everyone always has their kind of cellar dwellers and uh, the Frauen Bundesliga is not averse to that. <laughs> <With> <laughs> <laughs> Some teams are really well down in it. But um, so in the, in the women's, I'm going to stick with the kind of women for just the briefest of moments longer um, because a really well-known uh, uh, Norwegian uh, international, uh, Ada Hedeberg. Uh, so she's a girl who has won the, uh, like started off in 2016 with winning the best player in Europe award. Uh, she, you know, at I mean, shocks. This is, like six years ago, she was doing that when she was 20 years old. And then, you know, winning the Ballon d'Or in 2017. This is a woman who's been, like, really lighting up the women's world. You know what? She called out the Norwegian uh, soccer team, uh, the Norwegian FA, and said, I'm not playing for you guys because you are not treating us the same. She then uh, got the Norwegian FA to then uh treat the men just the same as the women and has admitted that like the difference uh, from her playing for Olympic Lyon and playing with the Norwegian national team is just night and day different. And then she pointed out just recently, just recently in social media that the rest of the female league in France needs to pick up the pace because you got PSG and you got Lyon and then you got not a lot else that are really carrying the torch. And I think that like whilst that is a good thing to have someone prominent say that I look at the Frauen Bundesliga and I think to myself, we're, in, we're on the up and up and we're in a league that is to me, only the English league is as cutthroat as ours because there's that many teams that are, are going to keep us on our toes every match in match out basis. And these are the ladies who are giving us the yeah, most joy I mean, in the soccer I mean, world also, right the, now. It just drives me mad. I mean, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Mad in the right way because the guys for. should learn from the girls kicking ass and taking names. Oh, right. I love oh, oh, like I literally, literally what I just said. It's unbelievable. But I also think the English Premier League uh, on the women's side of things is so much more popular because they're English speaking and a lot more other countries can be relevant, uh, can relate to it, you know, where it's like the Bundesliga, it's a lot harder to understand because of, you know, language bases and whatnot. And people don't like to pronounce hard names as shitty <laughs> as it sounds. You know, that's the reality. That's the reality of the fact. But um, mm -hmm. no, I mean, I mean, the 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 Frauen are doing a huge step in the Bundesliga and they're doing absolutely great things for the sport, especially on the women's side of things. Yeah. I would, I would even, 
kind of looking at the the landscape of what uh, kind of the level of competition that the uh, top leagues are doing, I would say it's the English League and then the German League immediately afterwards in terms of the kind of like competitive vibe that they have. And then you could say, oh, France should be inserted there. But if you honestly, from top to bottom, there's no not a shadow of a doubt that there are only two leagues that are worth um, and any American uh, going into. And I would hope that uh, should the Eintracht proceed into the UEFA Women's Champions League, that perhaps an American will join up with the Eintracht. Just a wish. Anywho, uh, that's enough for Frauen Corner and much wishful thinking on that. I think we've given a lot of <laughs> folks a lot of stuff to consider. Um, let's stay with development because the Eintracht has been, Frauen have been a team that has been developing uh, match in, match out, and we think that they are developing into something phenomenal. Matt, it's back. What's back? This, the reserve team is back. Or oh, at least I know. we're planning oh, to go back. <laughs> uh, plan is right now uh, in place for the Eintracht uh, Svai to be reinstated. Uh, and uh, yeah, for me, uh, from a developmental standpoint, this is something that the Eintracht have really kind of lacked in quite a few years' time. Um, look, I'm not expecting that the Eintracht reserves are going to be within three years' time are going to be in the, 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 the Dritte Liga. Where you you know you've got a Freiburg reserve team, you got the Dortmund reserve team, you've had the Bayern reserve team recently winning the third division title. But it gives well, opportunities for Fabio Blancos yeah. and other youngsters that have recently left the club an opportunity to play in a somewhat or in a very competitive league. You know exactly. So and that's like huge. when we got rid of it, like I mean, God, I'm uh, I'm. Sorry if I'm kind of struggling here. I'm trying to remember back to when the Eintracht had uh, the reserve team. And it's, and it's been quite a few years uh, since we closed it down. But uh, I think it was like 2013, 2014. But let's be honest, we didn't have a lot of money at the time, uh, if we're totally frank. And, you know, look, I mean, for me, Marco Ross uh, came through with the reserves. Oka Nikolov. You know, uh, Timmy Sebastian Chandler. Rion, Sebastian Rode. Yeah, like there are plenty of guys who utilize the um, Jermaine Jones even, uh, like to even like throw out an American German uh, into the mix. And, uh, there's plenty of guys out there who have played with the Eintracht Reserves who got through and, you know what, have been able to make good careers of themselves. And I'm just scratching my head and wondering why the hell that why in the same hell we got rid of it in the first place i mean i could be told off that hey you know we, at that point in time we, we paid for it to get jovic that that's why true but we like, paid this for is, it to get luka jovic and rabic and everybody else <laughs> <laughs> true but i mean look we've we've had so many good decent youth players that have been coming from the frankfurt area including one who's making his move from Munich to Dortmund in the offseason, who never spent like more than a brief time with the Eintracht in the youth ranks because we haven't really developed, we haven't really promoted from within. I mean, Armin Barcock, who's going to be exiting the Eintracht at the end of the season, 
is one of the last guys to have made any substantial appearances for the first team who's graduated from our academy. And I put that 100% down to the fact that we don't have the reserve team out there to provide those guys with a, a common, uh, a good caliber lead to play in. I do think that entering at the Hessian League level is a little, a little bit rough. Uh, next time we have Roman on, we'll have to ask him, it's like, what is the football like in the Hessian League? He'll probably be like, uh, it's not yeah, the Bundesliga. Bloody. But, it's, they play know, on dirt fields. Exactly. And I would like to think that they would be able to, rather within a couple of years' time, graduate, get promoted uh, from the Hessian League, get into that Regional Liga, get into the Regional Liga uh, Sudwest, where you've got a lot of other, you know, a lot of teams that people have actually bloody heard like about. second teams. Yeah, like Faust Yeah, Bishop a lot Cut of second two, teams are like... in there. Uh, the Sudwest currently is being led uh, by Mainz's reserve team. And then you have, just to go off of the what the Sudwest has right now, I'm not saying that, you know, the Eintracht expect to have a, a, te- a reserve team in the Dritte Liga, but second place is Ulm. Then you got Elversburg. Eh, you've I mean, maybe heard of him. Offenbach. Who Who? wouldn't fill the way in for Eintracht Reserves versus Offenbach? Or Kassel, for that matter. I mean, even uh, going, uh, sending some folks up, not that they would be all too hostile towards them. Uh, uh, Steinbach Heger. uh, FC Gießen. FS Val Frankfurt. I mean. My God, I forgot about that. I remember when they were in the second Bundesliga and we played them. That was a. Yeah. That was Koblenz. a rivalry. Koblenz isn't that far away. Koblenz is right across the street. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like all of these are places that they would easily that you know fans who kind of like the reserve, the amateur uh, side of things. Though let's be frank, uh, those guys are still being paid to some degree, whether it be in legal taxed terms or you know under the table, whatever you want. You know, they're still technically being paid. But, look, some people prefer that sort of action. And that's where you will have guys develop. They may be just kind of uh, reserve guys who come off the bench who, or you maybe even develop into a decent Bundesliga-level player. But you need to have some guys come through that will know the club in and out and will fight for the club harder than some other guys who might be uh, – Considered mercenaries, so to speak. Right. Anyways, uh, I got a little bit angry at that one, so we'll leave that one <laughs> as that. Uh, speaking, we mentioned Cone and Eintracht uh, for the Frauen, because, hey, guess what? It's Eintracht versus Cone. Uh, now, next up for Eintracht in the Bundesliga, and we are Top Spiel. Ah, crap. Great. I hate when we're taught spiel because we usually just craft the bed. But you know what? Thing is, yeah, we have to Cologne, show everyone. They are—they're not boring. Cologne's not boring. They kind of play a wide open game. I'm gonna just point out that some people are thinking, "Well, they only lost three. One wasn't probably too bad." Uh, the goal was a garbage time goal, and they're just streaky saying. as hell. Now, and they're, they're streaky they're, too. They are as streaky well. as hell. And when they're off, they're off. I mean. Expected goals. I know some people love to bash me on that. Leipzig had point 
8-6. Not even one expected goal, and they pumped three in there, but Cologne only had 1.14. So Cologne wasn't, the Billy Goes weren't making much either. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only issue I can see with Cologne is us. That's literally it. Us because it's just us being the divas that we are, you know? Colin is a streaky team, you know. It seems like it could be they do like a draw. It looks like we're doing a draw too since we haven't done that in a while. So, you know, I feel like this is going to be a boring, tough spiel game of just ugly, ugly, ugly football. Um, and the only mm-hmm. reason why I say that too is just because of many, many factors of, you know, recent results, you know, no possible, no probable changes in our lineup besides possibly Kostic having the start. I don't see Glasner sitting Kamada or Bore or Lindstrom at all. We'll probably keep him up there. I, I don't think that Kostic is going to start for us. I actually think Ansgar Knauf may start for us next week, which I'm could okay be, which, which could be okay. But it would be really fucked up if Glasner hears me on Ansgar Knauf and doesn't even Kostic starting. So, that would be a very, very, very <laughs> annoying thing. But either either way, I think um, I think we may put Sebastian Rode back in there because I think we need to bring more of that, that stability. Because what I'm starting to see here, and that's also with you know Haseba being gone for a while now, is uh, we're lacking experience. We're lacking specific Bundesliga experience. And Hint- with Hinterrega being out right now, he needs some support. And you know. Obviously, Trap has that experience, but it's hard from a goalkeeper's perspective to bring that out on the field. But I almost want to say So needs to step up a little bit more now and really bring that leadership role into the midfield for us to do really anything on the offensive side of things and be more confident on the defensive side of things. So, I mean, I don't expect any changes in the lineup besides Kostic starting over um, Lentz, but it's it's going to be it's going to be an ugly. You know, twelve thirty game on the East Coast for uh, for some fans. You know, it's gonna be a really crappy, tough spiel. Um, I wish I wish a different game was scheduled for this so that we can get this game away in the morning, uh, away with this uh, with our morning. But <laughs> it is what it is. I think maybe it's the gods just kind of laughing at us down right now because February hasn't really been that fun of a month. I mean, this year, ha- the start of the year has not been really fun month for us. Yeah, it's a uh... or year. <laughs> it's it's been rough, but the thing is, I look at what I saw and from Knauf, and I'm like, all right, there's some, there could be something there. Uh, I liked what I saw there. I like what Lentz brought, and we have someone to play out on the left. I'd like to hope that. Look, I think so long as we have Lentz, we have a way of moving the entire team around, and I hope that Glasner doesn't hesitate in utilizing that as a tactic to just throw Kloon off of their game, throw the Billy Goats off, and uh, you know what? I mean, a lot can yeah, happen I, for us, too. I mean, because Mainz could really give Leverkusen a good game. I mean, mm-hmm. Augsburg seems to be on a somewhat of a hot streak, right? Or not really a hot streak because they lost, but they won the game before that. They narrowly lost the game before before that, so they could really give uh, Freiburg for the money. Wolfsburg can give Hoffenheim a run for their money. Armenia is still a hot team right now. They could get a run for their money. They just lost their first one in a long time. Doesn't mean the streak is over. I mean, a lot of things can happen here for the Eintracht, and as long as we kind of show up at twelve thirty, because you know every most of the teams uh, above us will have played by then. Um, you know, it could really be motivating for us that we could have potentially hit like a seventh or sixth place spot, uh, pending on results. But I mean, best case, I mean, what, what, what would your best case like lineup be for 
Saturday? To me, I think the best case lineup is uh, sticking with our uh, three, uh, four, two, one uh, formation. So uh, saying defensive three in back, um, put it, switching out Roda uh, for uh, Yakik. Uh, just to kind of give some more solid noticing that hey look a little bit more defensive solidarity that uh, Yake just kind of come more off the bench and provide what we really need. Agreed. Uh, have Kostic out on the left. Um, I would permanently dr- drop to Costa him and Durham. I'm like bye. Just. <laughs> you guys, you guys. Is Dom, no does Dom even walk anymore? Like, I'm serious. Is, is he even on the team? Like, I don't see it's, anything. It's a real him. question, but I look at uh, uh, this weekend as Timmy Chandler gets back in the starting uh, eleven, and Agreed. look at Kl- uh, Knauf uh, coming off the bench as a guy to bring a tiny bit of spark and. Really, just the top three kind of sticking to the top three, but I would, I really want to see Hauga play up there with Lenstrom um, as the substitute for uh, Kamada. If Kamada really is having his r- recent run of, if his recent run of form continues, you need to bring off Kamada by the 60th minute. Hauge and Lindstrom can make something happen with Bore. And I think that will be the keys to victory right there. So I will give that as my suggested lineup and a 1-1 draw at this one. <laughs> I was just going to ask. I think I agree with you on the 1-1 draw. I mean, I agree with you the whole thing. I mean, the only thing I'm hesitant about is Hauge. I mean, I want to root for the guy, man, but it's just... Mm-hmm. It's it's just rough for me with the injury and everything like that. Him coming back now, it's he definitely has to warm up and whatnot. But I mean, I'm glad he has somewhat of a haircut, so he's not that blind when he's on the on the ball. But besides the fact, I mean, I just I want I want Husic, man. I think if we really utilize Husic in the right offensive way, like in the central area, like I I kind of want to switch it up instead of a three four two one do the three four a three four one two have Bore and Lindstrom kind of play side by side and have Husic be right behind them. This is not going to happen obviously because it's you know <laughs> it's Glasner. It's it's he's not going to put it in. But I'm telling you, Husic could be our key for this team specifically for this year as well, not for the future. But it could be for the future if, you know, balls out. But, like, we need that confidence in the midfield. We don't have that. And putting Rode in there is just going to give us the experience over there. Someone who's going to be a leader through in and throughout. But Husic is going to be the key. And it's the key to our offensive, our offensive like, I don't even know what to call it, our offensive explosion. Because, like, Bore could be so much better player if Husic is right behind him. And, like, dude, sure. come, and I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on Kamada. Like, let's not play him at all. Like, Kamada would be an absolute great bench player. Like, let's say Husic didn't do well and, and do well in the first 10 minutes of the second half. Sub him out for Kamada in the, in the 55 because I know Kamada's going to be way more effective in those, you know, 35 minutes than he would be in the first 45 minutes, you know? So, or the last 35 minutes, excuse me. So, it's... It's it's not going to happen. Obviously, I'm wishful thinking here, I'm, and I feel like I'm a, a, a broken record when I talk about Husic. But that would be my lineup. And I mean, yeah, one one draw is a given here for this game. I mean, it's it's also written in the because books. I think that uh, the most dangerous of subjects that uh, Cohn has is Anthony Modest. 
14 uh, goals, and he's out. As of right now, he's not expected to be able to return for our match. So That's huge. I did not think that. Did he get injured last game? Uh yeah he did and has not and wasn't in uh he got injured in their one nil victory over Freiburg and did not even get on the bench against Leipzig. So Huge. Some uh, some of the Cologne fans might think, oh no he should be ready, but hey they still have Makut. Oh my god. Um yeah, but the how Makut is good is because he's got this big lumbering giant. French giant in front of him who just allows him to play balls just around. So that's uh, <laughs> uh. that's what I'm thinking, and that's why uh, I'm so positive about that is because Odest, well, he's good, but he's Not out. there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey, I'm Jack Frankfurt. Matt, been good catching up. Um, hopefully it's next time it's under better circumstances. <laughs> Has to be at this point. Not too much exactly. faith. Not too much faith, but let's see what goes, man. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey, I'm Frankfurt. Ways that you can get in contact with the podcast. That is at H-E-Pod on Twitter. Hey, I'm Frankfurt on Instagram. And Hey, I'm Frankfurt at gmail.com. Find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever else you might find your podcasts. And until next time, choose. Offenbach. Who? Exactly. It, it is what it is, and this is the most we'll ever talk about these goddamn scumbags. Hey, I'm